everybody. I'm Karen Hartglass. You're listening to It's All About Food. Thank you for joining me. This is going to be a fun one, I promise you. I am here with Chris Mailer, the author of a new book, Average Vegan Teen. And we'll talk about the title a little bit more in a moment because average is crossed out. So I'm not exactly sure how we're supposed to read that, but I really enjoyed the book. And we're going to talk a bit about it and then about Chris. Chris Mailer is an artist and author with a BFA from the Tufts School of the Museum of Fine Arts. She lives with her husband and two daughters on Boston's North Shore. Ms. Kristen Mailer and Dr. Casey Taft are the founders of Vegan Publishers, which was launched in 2013 in order to raise awareness of the vital importance of veganism in creating a more compassionate and just society. They had been recently married and were expecting the first of their two daughters. They started the small publishing company because they were struck by how limited the literature was on veganism. Vegan publishers came into being in order to elevate the voices of vegan advocates and the animals themselves. So welcome to It's All About Food. Thank you so much for having me. So let's talk about the title. Okay. Do we say it's average vegan teen? Because you've got it crossed out and then you've got these brackets around vegan. So how are we supposed to say I know, it's, it's a little, yes, it's a little um, interpretive there, isn't it? Well, I, I say, I say vegan teen. Ah, okay. I, you can say average vegan teen. I've, I've said different ones. I've said the whole title. Sometimes I just shorten it to vegan teen, but average vegan teen is the title and you can and are should feel free to read the even though it's crossed out <laughs> but um she is not so average that is why it gets that right through. but it i guess it's important to see the average crossed out because that gives us right. a message right okay before we talk about the book well we're always going to be talking about the book but i read a lot and for the last few decades, I have not read a lot of fiction. And when I was younger, I used to read a lot of fiction. And then somehow it morphed. This podcast had something to do with it, which I started in 2009, because I tend to read more serious books about all the horrible things that are going on on this planet and what we can do about it. And that doesn't leave a lot of time for fiction. And so I had your book on my list to read because I always read the books for from the authors that I'm going to be talking to. And it was Saturday and it was raining and it just seemed like the perfect time to cuddle up with a book and read. And I thoroughly enjoyed it because one, I haven't read fiction in a long time and it was just nice to relax into a story and I didn't have to focus on facts and all kinds of crazy things that are not so crazy, but important, but I didn't need it for the moment. And it really brought me back to when I was a teenager. So I, I think it's really well-written and I, I enjoyed that part of it. Well, thank you. I'm You're glad welcome. I was able to transport you to that um, really confusing yet somehow magical time in our lives and awkward and scary and filled with anxiety and all of it is, uh, you know, something I remember from my teen years. It's also. funny because I started on the vegetarian path when I was 15 and a little later than the 
than the star in your story. Right, right. Kess is on the verge of becoming 13. 13. And I had a best friend in sixth grade, and we went on being close in junior high school. In high school, she moved away the last year, but we started to not be as close. And we're in touch a little bit on Facebook, but reading this book made me reach out to her and say, we have to catch up. Wow. Okay, cool. And the funny thing is, we're both vegan now. We weren't back then, so... There was something going on. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I always ask this question. I'm sure you've been asked this question before. Why did you write this book? Well, I <laughs> I will have a vegan team myself in a few years. And I actually, when I started writing this book a few years ago, um, it really was because there was a gap in the market. There weren't, there were plenty of beautiful, colorfully illustrated children's books. And then there were plenty of adult books, um, but there weren't any fiction stories for with vegan protagonists and this in this upper middle grade reading genre. So I was just thinking, you know, I, I think there really needs to be a, a chapter book mm-hmm. for this age group. You know, it's like yeah. these these are kids that are probably, you know, having all kinds of uh, mixed emotions and feelings and dealing with things in, in, a, in a whole other way than you do when you're when you're little if you're being raised vegan anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of teens that decide to go vegan and, and come into that at that time in their lives. And I wanted there to be a book for them. And I wanted to write the book I would have wanted to read when I was that age. And this is that book. This is, I write what I would want to read. Mm. And vegan or not, this is a book because I was not a vegan teen, Um, but I would have still really wanted this type of book. I was hungry for anything coming of age when I was 11 and 12. You know, the are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I was (laughs) hungry for books like that. You know, I would just devour them, always looking for coming of age. I was uh, obsessed with the wonder years. So there were, there was um, something about that was really captivating to me. So, so I, I'm curious, when did you go vegetarian slash vegan? I, um, well, I was vegetarian for a little while before Casey and I got married and I planned this big vegetarian wedding and everything and um and then my husband Casey said you know I I think I'd like to go vegan and I was like are you kidding me I just planned the whole wedding vegetarian he's like well I'm sure they can give give us a vegan option and I'm like but the cake you know I'm like come on I already did all this planning you're gonna tell me this now like a month before the wedding he's like well I feel like I really have to do this for my health this is you know we've been vegetarian but this is the next step I don't feel like there is any point in waiting 
And I was like, well, all, I was like, all right, all right. And I, for me, I was just at that time, um, I guess I would have been, you know, 29, yeah, 29 years old um, and thinking like, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Vegetarian was not a hard transition for me at all. So we, we began delving into the world of vegan and this will 10 years ago now. So for mm -hmm. a little over 10 years now I've been vegan. So this was 10 years ago and there were not as many options as there are now. Let me tell you, as you probably remember sure. a time when you couldn't just walk in the grocery store and get vegan cheese, you know? Um, so, so yeah, then it, it was, it was even trickier at that time, but we were still having fun finding the restaurants that we could, that were offering vegan things and enjoying kind of diving into that whole world. But at that point, it was still just a diet. I, there was nothing, it was, mm -hmm. it was really like, I would say plant-based. I hadn't thought about what I was wearing or animal exploitation in any way. Um, it really wasn't, it, Casey was the first to make that ethical connection um, about, mm -hmm. Hey, this is just, I, I feel like this is morally wrong. And he started, you know, opening my eyes to a lot of things like earthlings and, you know, all the, the I call it the newborn vegan stuff, you know, when right. you, and you're, you're just, you, you, you cry all the time. You're like <laughs> horrified. You just can't believe it. Why didn't I realize this? Yeah. This was Casey made that connection first and he really um became quite passionate about the the ethical side of it and at that time uh we were discussing I, I had become pregnant and we were discussing um how we were going to raise our children <laughs> and he's wow. like we have to raise our kids vegan and I hadn't researched the uh done much research on my own as far as like nutrient wise what does a pregnant person need going through this um is this safe you know I had all these questions uh you know but I you know I, I was like okay I, I think we can do this I had a lot of materials at my disposal and I I started looking online and thinking you know I I think we can raise a vegan child I think we can do this by all accounts. It seems like an incredibly healthy way of eating and all of that. And we'll teach our kids about um, our values, basically. But at this point, I have to be honest with you, I, I still hadn't made that connection. Mm -hmm. I was still at that point just kind of going along with, with, what, Casey. with Casey and what he thought would be you know, the healthiest way to raise our children and all that. But once I gave birth to my daughter and mm. I started breastfeeding her, I made that connection. And once I did, I, I don't think I stopped crying for like three days straight because I was learning about how, you know, the animals are separated from their mothers mm -hmm. um, and they're not allowed their mother's milk. And I, I will start to tear up every time I think about it now because I was holding this precious little baby and I couldn't imagine, you know, being separated or, you know, her not 
being able to, to get that, you know? Yep. And then having my milk that I made taken away from me and given to someone else, I was like, blew my mind. Okay. So I, it, that was the moment when I was fully became, I guess that was the moment that I became a true ethical more like it was more than just a diet for me at that point. I think that was like, I think for everyone, they can probably feel the moment when they feel that connection. And they, up until then, I think a lot of people are like, I'll leave it open-ended. If I don't feel good on this, I can always go back, you know, Mm -hmm. but that was that moment for me. And I think a lot of vegans have that moment. They're like, I can never go back because I'm not even the same person anymore after Mm -hmm. making that connection, you know? So, so that was, and that was, yeah, my daughter will be 10 in August. Hmm. My oldest daughter will be 10 in August. So that was, that was that journey for me. And that's how I came, came to that. Such a great story. I'm just curious, what made you go vegetarian before vegan? Was that a health reasons or ethical or was behind well I had I guess I would say I dabbled in vegetarianism so (laughs) I would try it out but maybe not stick with it for very long and then kind of go back and then this had happened when I met when I met Casey I was I was I would say mostly vegetarian but still like hey if if it wasn't convenient then I wasn't you know what what I mean what was the motivation behind that you thought it was healthier or what well, Casey was vegetarian mm-hmm. and, and we started dating and everywhere we would go, we went to vegetarian restaurants and mm. we, he liked to order things that we could share. So right. we always would just order, um, order stuff that we, we could share with each other. And I didn't really like love meat, but this is the story is that on our, on our, I was like, I think it was our first date actually that I, uh, he ordered a vegetarian dish and he had suggested several. And I said, no, I'm going to have the fish. And he did not, I, I didn't, he didn't tell me at that time, but he was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And, and then I, I, I got it. And the next time I ordered one of the other vegetarians. So, so we could share, but that, that was the last time that I had fish or any animal was that. Mm-hmm. So, because once we, we were just, I was pulled back into vegetarian living while we were dating and he knew all the great restaurants in Boston that um, had wonderful vegetarian food. I, I mean, it was just, I wasn't missing out on anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So that was super easy. Um, and it just kind of rolled along like that up until like, you know, right before our wedding, I'd say. Yeah. Well, the two of you must have a very special relationship from the beginning because you were willing to see his side and open up and he was willing to be a little patient for you to see what he was doing. And there had to be something, something there to allow well, both of you to yeah, do that. I, I do feel like we're, you know, we're we're on the same page about most things. We don't have disagreements about parenting and stuff like that. We're, we're really on the same page about, about most things. And I think when, when it comes to a lot of things, if, if he's like, 
hey, you know, have you thought about it like this? I'm like, no, I'm pretty flexible. I'm pretty open-minded. So I'm, I'm willing to, and he, he is, he is too, actually. So yeah, I think we do, we do find ourselves on the same page about those big critical life, um, life things, mm-hmm. which you need to have when you're raising kids together. Cause let me tell you, I, Ooh, I can yes. imagine trying to raise vegan kids, one parent, not vegan. I think that would be really, really difficult. Yeah. I know people doing it and it's, I know, it is yeah. challenging. Yeah. 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 But so that's, so I'm just curious about the wedding. So a vegetarian wedding is a lot easier for caterers and people not used to doing vegan weddings than a vegan wedding because people don't know how to make cakes without eggs and dairy. No, we had already picked out the cake and everything. Everything was set. The menus were set. They, it was just us. We got, um, they had made a special vegan meal for just us, but everyone had one of the two vegetarian options. And, uh, we had a big, um, at cocktail, a big Mediterranean spread. And so there were plenty of vegan things to eat, like hummus, mm-hmm. vegetables, pita, but there's all, all kinds of different things. So, but just wasn't the cheeses. <laughs> right. Okay. I like to always say there is always hummus. There's always hummus. Yeah. <laughs> always I just had it for lunch, actually. <laughs> well, I've been vegan for 35 years and wow. I've wow. seen the big transition, but truly the last five years have been very explosive. And I've mentioned this a few times on this program, but uh, the vegan cheeses, like just in the last couple of years have really gone nuts. No pun intended. It's gotten so much better. We have a vegan cheese shop in Manhattan that is amazing. Breeze and rind cheeses and they're cheese. They're just cheese but they're not made from animal. Well, I might have to pay you a visit soon because that sounds heavenly. Yeah, you can order from them online on the East Coast. They don't oh, ship wow. across country okay. because it has to be chilled, but it's yeah. called Riverdale, Riverdale. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, really good Thank stuff. You. Thanks for the tip. Or if you just come to New York and I'll, I'll show you around. Sure thing. <laughs> sounds like a fun day. Yeah, okay. Well, now I know a little bit more about you and the background for you (laughs) and you and Casey, and you've decided to raise your children vegan and you have two now, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And how, I'm just curious, how's that going before we, we'll get back to the book in a minute, but I want to get some background. Raising vegan kids has been an absolute breeze. Um, I have to say it's not difficult. My, I think I thought it would be harder than it would be. When I was pregnant, I was very worried. Is she going to get everything that she needs? How is she, where is she going to get her protein? And, you know, all these questions <laughs> that you ask when you don't, I think when you're so accustomed to thinking that a vegan diet um, is lacking, it comes from the perspective that a vegan diet is somehow deficient or, or lacking in, in, in what the human body needs. And so I was coming from that perspective thinking, you know, this is going to be really difficult. I'm going to have to have X, Y, Z vitamin supplementation and all of this. And, you know, now, of course, there's certain vitamins that you naturally want to supplement on Mm -hmm. like B12 and D, which is common on the East Coast for not everybody, everybody, everybody. So the normal (laughs) things we do, but it wasn't like this, um, 
you know, oh my gosh, how are we going to keep her alive <laughs> situation that when I, when I was first going <laughs> vegan, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, it's kind of a, uh, at that time, I felt it was kind of a radical thing to do. I didn't know any other vegan parents. Of course, now, now things are, are different. Um, and with my second child, it was just like, oh, you know, <laughs> easy roll right in. Easy my- peasy. Were there any books that helped you in raising your children nutritionally? Any, any in particular? Um, I can't even recall at this mm. time because any of that reading that I did, it would have been done 10 years ago or mm-hmm. so. Um, I think I, I did have a book about vegan pregnancy. I don't remember what it was called. Um, um, That's curious. But, but I, I, I quickly realized that all of it was just really common sense. There wasn't any special instruction mm-hmm. manual that you need to Good for you. Absolutely. Do this, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I kind of, I kind of quickly got that and then didn't worry about it after I read and what I felt I needed to read and understood what I felt I needed to understand about how to proceed. So wasn't, I, well, I remember Dr. Furman had his disease proof, your child book, which was very helpful. And Brenda Davis and Reshma Shaw, MD, recently came out with a book called Nourish, which isn't just for pregnancies and babies, but kind of guides you throughout your child's life. It's a very okay. good book. So I just thought I'd mention a couple of those. Oh, but well, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I, I, we, we need those resources out there. I, I guess I could say I'm probably at this point, a pretty uh, lazy nutritional vegan mom. I'm not the one, you know, over here throwing kale salad and quinoa and almonds at my kids. And that's, I'm not that type of person to begin with. So, I mean, I like to eat healthy, but I'm not the, the vegan thing isn't a, isn't about primarily about health for us. So mm-hmm. it's, um, we, we like to eat, you know, processed meat substitutes and things like that. We do indulge in unhealthy processed foods, not all the time, but I wouldn't say that I am, you know, uh, the mom yeah. that's trying to keep every molecule of sugar away from my children, right? <laughs> like do, do you have conversations about eating animals and not eating animals with your children. I would think that's important. You know, well, so Lena, my older daughter, she, we did have conversations with her, but it wasn't anything we had to persuade her to do. It just seemed like, yeah, why would I eat an animal? That's insane. (laughs) So to her, it just seemed completely normal. Like, why Mm -hmm. would you do that? And she is also really the kind of kid who um, she got the ethical connection right away. It made a lot of sense to her. And I never had any difficulties like going to birthday parties and stuff. You know, I, I never had to be like, you can't have this or you can't have that. She'd just look at the birthday cake and be like, are there eggs in there? And be like, yeah. She'd be like, can I have my cupcake that you brought? And I'd be like, sure. <laughs> Because nice. she, she doesn't want it. She's not, mm-hmm. never felt like if I, and you know, I, I have said to, in, in the beginning, I did say, well, there's, there's cake here. You can have that one. It has eggs in it. Or if I say that to her when she was little, she'd look at me like, why, why would I eat that? 
It would it's the same as me saying you can have that birthday cake, but there's a little bit of dog poop in it. That's yeah. the exact same reaction she would have if I said, but there's eggs in there, or that's made with cow's milk or something like that. So to her, it, it was never like, I never felt like I had to hold her back. You know, she just literally just didn't want it. You got it. Good. And I, I, I like that you, saying it's just got a little dog poop in it. If people would only understand, oh, it's just got a little butter in it. <laughs> it's right. like, like dog for, poop. <laughs> to her, it's just disgusting. Like, why would anyone right. want that? You know, yep. so it was really, it was just really easy with her. I, you know, she, and, and she was her own little advocate in her own way. I think she liked to tell people about, she, she had, why do you eat animals? Or, you know, sometimes, you know, she would ask her own questions to people or, you know, we have these conversations. And um, at the time, my dad wasn't vegan, but he has since gone vegan. Um, mm. and, uh, well done. Brought him over to that side. And she's, um, she is, she's really bright and compassionate child. And, and then we had number two. And when you have your older sister like that, I mean, it's, there's hardly anything we have to do. I mean, she's born into a world where, you know, you have every food that you like to eat and there's no animals in it. Why would you even think to choose? And, you know, now do your kids go to school or are they taught at home? So Cecily, she goes to preschool and she will be entering kindergarten next year. And Lena, she stopped going to school. We homeschooled her during coronavirus, the era of coronavirus. We, we ended up homeschooling her for uh, that year where they were going to put everyone into virtual education through the school system. And it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know what, I'm here. Let's, I think we can do this. And she ended up liking it so much that we continued through grade school. And now she will be entering fifth grade. Now she will be entering school mm-hmm. starting wow. in okay. fall with her sister entering kindergarten. So um, who knows, maybe I'll finally have time to write a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of my questions coming later. <clears throat> because that's the hardest for children and that and you touch on it in the book a little bit but there's all the social influence of what friends and other people are doing outside and when kids go to school and they're eating differently there can be there can be some awkwardness some bullying some all kinds of things so I was just curious Lena never experienced that in her preschool or first grade time mm-hmm. um uh, although i think if anything if anyone's making people uncomfortable it's probably my kids making other people uncomfortable because yes being like <laughs> why are you eating that or right. I, i'm not saying now lena's quite mature she can read the room and she's uh got a very <laughs> high eq so she's not making anyone uncomfortable but in the early years you know when kids have no filter you know, I, I, I do remember stories from preschool where, you know, um, they ha- having conversation, they would report to me conversations that they had with their teacher about, you know, well, my teacher said that, that, that eggs are healthy for her. And 
you know, I, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, so I, they clearly had conversations mm -hmm. with their teachers and possibly their peers and getting, you know, hearing what they have to say about that, which is fine. I have no issue with that. They will all eventually, you know, go out into the world and have their own discussions and learn from other people and hopefully other people learn from them. Right. Okay, this is good. Now the book. Vegan the book. teen. The vegan book. teen, vegan teen, I'm not saying average. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the story, but because I don't want to give any of that away, but Okay, really, no spoilers. <laughs> well, I mean it's your book, but I don't want to give any spoilers away. But I'm curious about a number of things. So we have families that are divorced. Mhm. Mm and the dynamic there. Um, in fact, there was one family that was already divorced and another family looked like the couple was splitting. Mm -hmm. um, why did you feel that was an important part of the story? Well, I a, a big part of my interest is psychology and I do find relationships so fascinating especially mm -hmm. triangles and the dynamics there so um when i'm writing the characters i'm taking into consideration the all of those dynamics and the triangles that they are a part of whether they are on the outside of that triangle or not mm -hmm. and how that's affecting how they are reacting to other people and things like that I also felt like, um, you know, having divorced parents is not an uncommon situation mm -hmm. either. And I, you know, felt like I, I, part of the story works is because she has to go off and have this time in the summer. And that was a vehicle for that. But sure. in, in, in that, I also wanted her to have one parent who was vegan, which is her mom. And just to show uh, that pers diff different perspective there. Mm -hmm. The other family, um, that is a more, that relationship is more mysterious. We don't know a whole lot about why those parents separated, but whatever happened there affects how the characters behave and react and interact with each other and with Kessa, the main character in the story. So this, this other family, the, the children are unschooled. And yeah. I don't know how many people are familiar with unschooling. I, I know it's become more popular and I have a close friend who unschooled his kids and it had some interesting outcomes. Um, but it was funny because I was really relating to it because in his household, um, the house was always a mess. Really? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I don't know that many people who do the unschooled method, and maybe you might want to explain what that is, but there's a lot of freedom involved. Part of the freedom, of freedom could be not having to clean up anything. 
I mean, I can only imagine, I will be the first to say that I am very pro alternative styles of education. I homeschooled my own daughter for years. I did not unschool her. I definitely homeschooled her. So she had schooling, but, um, well, tell us what the difference is. Unschooled is there is no structure at all. Um, parents do not, um, force any type of learning curriculum or schedule on their kids. It's completely child-led. And if uh, a kid wants to spend an entire year learning about the back things in the backyard, then that's totally cool and fine. Or perhaps just life skills and baking or whatever you like to do. I, you know, just a very free and easy sort of uh child-led atmosphere although i think level of parental involvement is going to vary from person to person who decides to do this i'm not going to say that every kid who's unschooled has no parental involvement it just so happens that in this book um the parents are not around very often in, yeah. in that one family situation. It it was interesting because, and I have no facts here, but I found the people that I've been exposed to that when they're either unschooled or homeschooled, they tend to, the children tend to be very bright. I don't know what the statistics are on that, but all the ones I know now, maybe it's just the people I know are bright and their children are bright. I don't know, but it just seems it it works. Yeah, I I we we've been pleased with how things have turned out here for us, and um, I'm excited for Lena as she begins her proper schooling journey in in a Montessori school starting in fifth mm. grade. Um, Cecily will also be starting Montessori, so there is that's this is going to be a little bit different style than public school, but um, I think it'll be a great transition for Lena coming from the Mm -hmm. homeschool environment to going to Montessori. It was funny because your description of this home where the children were unschooled and the mom is an artist and she wasn't very present um, was, it was really good to the point where I wanted to go and clean their house. (laughs) (laughs) just hearing about how everything was sticky and disorderly and I was just like let me just do the dishes and tidy well I I have to tell you uh, some of that was I um there was a family that I would babysit for when I was 12 11 and 12 and I actually their their house made me feel (laughs) like that (laughs) let me just say they weren't unschooled kids they went to school but this was a single mom um you know who was raising and and I'm you know sure it was hard to do that but um just in general I feel like uh there were some parallels drawn between that situation and so I mean there's inspiration drawn from all different life personal life experiences in in this book okay you said before with your family your diet is more motivated by ethics rather than by health and in the book 
the kids are always eating snacks that aren't necessarily the healthiest. <laughs> where does that come from? And where are you in that whole scenario? Um, Do you eat a lot of Oreo cookies? I don't actually, <laughs> I don't, but um, I think I really wanted, you know, I wanted people to know that um, vegans also like to eat, you know, normal, like, junky food sometimes. And it's not, I think a lot of people outside of it have this perspective that, you know, if you say, Hey, I'll bring the cake for the dinner party. Everyone's like, Oh my God, is she going to use buckwheat flour and some, it's going to be some like healthy cake, you know, when in fact it's the opposite of the kind of thing that I would do. I make like a very decadent vegan cake and it's not about, not about you know quinoa bowls and stuff you know I want comfort food I make vegan mac and cheese I make you know vegan enchiladas and vegan lasagna and stuff like that so um I I wanted to show that you know vegans like to eat that kind of food it's not all you know kale salads and almond milk every day (laughs) Yeah, there is a wide range of what is considered vegan and uh, going from junk food vegan to healthy, whole food, plant-based vegan. Mm -hmm. But the market shows that there's plenty of junk food out there that's vegan. There is. is. Somebody's buying it. Certainly. Yeah, certainly. (laughs) And, you know, I I personally don't, we we don't have... um, Oreo cookies and stuff like that in our house. We don't eat, we don't eat a ton of processed junk, but we sure love our vegan baked goods from the restaurants that have them that we like. Um, My daughter is not a snacky type of person at all. She likes to go from one hearty meal to the next. Mm. She's either hungry or she's not. That's how she's always been. And she also doesn't have a sweet tooth. So, well, you were really lucky. I'm a savory. Neither of us. I mean, when I tell you she didn't have a problem with cakes at birthday parties growing up, it's mostly because she didn't even really want it that much. She's bring me the chips. I don't want the frosting or any of that. <laughs> She's always, always had the salt tooth. She's just like me. We are, if I like it, I know she's going to like it. We like savory, salty mm-hmm. foods and maybe like a little dark chocolate, like a nibble. If you, to, if you have a little bit of a, sweet craving and that's all it takes and we're like were, that's were you always that way before vegan um pretty much yeah i i have to say i've always been a really uh salty savory type of person and and if i did if i did eat sweets i'd always feel like i had to have already eaten something satisfying and then i would be want, wanting the sweet thing just like my my daughter lena she she'll, she would never like she wouldn't just want a sweet thing, you know, if she was hungry, she said, well, I'm not hungry. I don't want anything sweet. I want real food. You know, mm-hmm. my other daughter, on the other hand, <laughs> she <laughs> loves her sweets. She's got a sweet tooth. Um, so we have to keep her supplied and, in, in uh, the healthy sweets, like fruits and things like that, because she could easily, she could easily go for lollipops and just the frosting off of cupcakes for for her meals if we let her. <laughs> Again, I don't want to give away anything in the book, but 
the dad ultimately says he wants to try and be vegan. And I wonder, was any of that taken from your own personal life with your father? You know, deciding um, to be vegan? No, it was, uh, no, okay. it was purely that, that was purely its own thing. Um, my, I, my dad did make his own connection um, mm. years ago. And he also went from the, it's just a diet, open-ended, going back to eating meat. And then, but eventually he had that moment where it just, it wow. was not. So yeah, he, he is ethically, he's made that. I don't know, whatever that bridge is that we walk over when we mm -hmm. go from this is a plant-based thing to this is a vegan thing now. Mm -hmm. He's he's already there. Um, but no, in the story, that is that's that's not I didn't draw it from personal experience anyway. Okay. Um, it just so happens that the other parent, it would have been one parent that that this habit. So if, if she had mostly lived with her dad and gone to visit with her mom, it would have been the mom who, so that just how that's, that arc was set up. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. All right. Oh, just a little bit about the book. So right from the beginning, we're in this dynamic of what it's like to be a teenager, a teenage girl with other girlfriends. And there was this great teenage energy in there with all of the the challenges that they create for themselves the things that they concern themselves with things that are important and then and you know sometimes this can extend into adulthood the crazy things we make up in our minds in our relationships uh, is any of that based on your own personal life or oh you just absolutely. made it all up Okay. No, no. Lots of it is, you know, I was reaching back to that time in my life, a hundred percent to write those characters. And there is, there is elements of myself in Kessa. There's elements of myself in Toria and in Maddie. And <laughs> there's elements of myself in Arthur and in Millie and all of these characters. I mean, it's not all me, you know, they, mm -hmm. they have their it's their own thing but there are I feel like there's pieces of me in 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 little little pieces of me in in every one of those characters so I I definitely had um had a lot of moments where I was sitting and reflecting on you know you know what what was what was I thinking at that time and mm. <laughs> what how how is my character thinking differently about this than I did at that time and or how is this character thinking similarly about this as I did mm -hmm. at that so I, I was definitely reflecting a lot uh, about that time in my life um one of the major themes of the uh, Beatles the connection to the Beatles I was a major Beatle fan. <laughs> so I, in fact, that the music of the Beatles and the sixties kind of colored my entire, um, my entire coming of age personal 
lot life and memories of that time if I put on a song it just brings me right back you know so I'm curious how did you get exposed to that music because it wasn't from your time um well I probably got a hold I got a hold of a a bunch of my parents CDs that they had and they had Mm -hmm. some records and CDs with the Beatles music and um my best friend um who's one of my best friends to this day also at the same time was getting a hold of the music too and we'd be like have you heard this oh my gosh look at this song and we got really into it and then that led into I think um you know just listening to the oldies station on the radio which was you know on a hundred percent of the time (laughs) during my years as 11 12 13 year olds I was always listening to the oldies and I started buying my own cds and albums from songs that I would hear on the radio of the oldies I mean like do do you have Donovan okay do you have the moody blues I'm looking for this album with this song and pretty soon I have my own collection of music from the 60s okay well nobody's going to question you liking the Beatles because yeah they're quite (laughs) popular and they've also been influenced by vegetarian diets Mm, good point (laughs) it's just I'm just thinking because of the music that I was influenced by from my parents and that was really old (laughs) I'm thinking Doris Day oh a long time love that too Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay okay so we have a few minutes left and you said you had your book read by some teenagers as well and got some feedback I'm curious what did they Um, say some they both both uh well there are some I haven't talked to directly but um the the feedback I got is that they read through it very quickly and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and um I and and two of them were not vegan are not vegan kids so and still really Mm. enjoyed um I, this is not a preachy book. It's not meant to turn anyone vegan or anything like that. You read it and, you know, it's not supposed to be this right. um, message. It's not um, something that, you know, someone outside of veganism is going to call vegan propaganda for your teenager or anything like that. It is purely just a story. And I think anyone can connect to the themes of compassion in the story. If that sparks ideas for them to try going vegan, then that warms my heart and I would absolutely be overjoyed. But that is not the purpose of this book. The purpose of this book is simply to to have a upper middle grade reader with a vegan protagonist available to kids who are ready for that. I I like to say that it's a lot easier to go vegan when you're young rather than when you're older, because when you're older, you have this foundation, you have this belief system, you have all this history and it's really harder. It takes a lot more courage to go back and say, Ooh, I did all of this wrong. I think there's, there's a lot of unlearning to do. Yeah. Unlearning. Mm -hmm. True. I mean, kids who are raised vegan have no idea how to them that's just it just seems like the most simple natural thing in the world but, but it's great to have a story 
to support someone who's being vegan and see what they're going through and how other people perceive them. I think there was a lot of support in this book for the the vegan teen in this book and where people were wanting to make sure there were vegan snacks for her and her parents were supporting and looking for fun things. And unfortunately that doesn't always happen for the teenagers that want to be vegan. It doesn't always happen. And in, in the book, I, there were some points um, where she referenced her dad, not making an effort for vegan meals and things not tasting very good that he would make for her. And, you know, I can totally feel like that, you know, in this book has only has to live with her dad part-time, but full-time that would be really difficult. <laughs> I think, um, unless you, you oh, they could learn and grow together. Well, exactly. And I also, I feel for those kids out there going at it without support. Um, and right. so know, this I book might be, this might be a nice little lifeline for some of them. It could be, I think, yeah. and to, to be honest, I think most, most people want to, to help most people. Mm -hmm want to support someone in their in their goals and things that are important to them um at least they will pretend to I, I've never come across anyone who is outright unsupportive of me or my children being vegan people have mostly been extremely kind and helpful and going out of their way to make sure there are options just as we all do for the kids with peanut allergies and mm. gluten intolerances. It's almost like uh, you there, there's a handful of dietary things in 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 every in every group of kids these days. That, that's actually a, a positive thing that's come <laughs> out of an unfortunate thing with all of these uh, food intolerances and allergies and diseases. Yeah, that we have to be sensitive to, but that helps helps us vegans because <laughs> people are more aware of of food and what's in it and right. What isn't. right right <clears throat> okay what about animals and your connection with animals do you have companion animals in your family or have you because there is a special part of the story it's kind of magical where uh kessa is relating to the animal the life around her animal life around her um I I we do not have any pets um my husband's alert very allergic mm. to dander my older daughter while she absolutely loves cats is also allergic to pet dander <laughs> um and so we've never had pets in our home but I grew up with cats Mm -hmm. And I would say I'm probably a cat person. So I didn't, the, the connections in this book were not out of personal experience of um, relating to those particular animals, but um, just in general, I feel like kids are able to make connections with animals very easily and naturally, and it becomes a big part of their lives. I didn't realize how important um, 
one of our cats was until she died when I was in second mm. grade and it, and it absolutely devastated me. I'd not been prepared for that at all. And I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, every, every kid who grows up with a pet will come up, will, will leave that relationship with, with that experience. But well, it, it was a- you and it changes you, you know? Yeah. Well, we have a problem in our society where we're very disconnected from nature and from the other animals that we share this planet with. And, and there's that nice connection with the animals in the story. And there are so many important things that you tie in with the story about gardening and nature and just the, the lovely relationships between these teenagers that are discovering things about life and growing up uh, I really I really loved reading it I'm so glad <laughs> I I am really I I really want people to know that this is not a story for just that's just for vegans or for teens or for kids anyone can enjoy this book mm-hmm. any adults have read it and said they loved it and yeah. they liked going back to that time um it's not, it's probably not something that we as adults really spend time thinking about, <laughs> but it's there and it's still in our hearts. And it was a critical time in shaping who we are as people. So, so are you thinking about a series or a follow-up to this book? Because there are some open-ended. I did things. leave it open-ended. I did leave it open-ended, not, not just for the possibility of the sequel, but because I like books that end like that. Mm. <laughs> um, so there is, yeah, it's nice that there's room. There's a possibility for that. I would say I would probably respond to demand for a sequel, but I mean, this just came out and I'm, I don't know what that will look like, but we'll see. It's definitely a possibility. Although okay, everyone well, who's read it has said, when is, when are you going exactly. to write the next book? I I'm read ready. Book my daughter and she was like, oh my God, mom, you have to write the next book. Can you start writing it right now? And I, <laughs> she loved it. She absolutely yeah, loved I it. could see it. I could see it. Okay. I don't gush all the time about things like this, but I think it was really well written. I think it was a great story. I definitely would like to see another and it could also make a great film. Well, Hey, if you have any connections in the industry, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm willing to collaborate. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all good. I, I, I'm a very visual person. I'm, I'm an artist. Everything is, I get rich visual imagery. So it's not something I haven't thought of in my mind. I, it is, it would be very adaptable to a film um but i in my mind i i I already was seeing that um through through a camera lens as i'm writing anyway because i Mm -hmm. that's how i that's how i i i got that i got that very much okay wow okay well chris mailer author of vegan teen and just so you know, average is in there, but crossed. Average vegan teen. Yeah. <laughs> average vegan teen. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for this book, which gave me a moment of pleasure. 
and uh, I hope a lot of people read it and that you write another and it becomes a movie. Okay, well, you know what? I am sending those vibes out there because I I would be over the moon if that's where this ends up. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, thank you for joining me today on It's All About Food and all the best to you and Casey and your children and and your book. Thank you so much for having me. All right, this was fun. Bye-bye. And that's another episode of It's All About Food. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Karen Hartglass. You can find me at responsibleeatingandliving.com. Send your comments and questions to me at info at realmeals.org. Keep reading. And remember, have a delicious week.